This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3792 for Tuesday, the 14th of February, 2023. Today's show is entitled, Learning to Read Music, Part 1. It is hosted by Ennis Tello and is about 23 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, in which we learn to read music by going for a walk. Hi, this is Enestello on Hacker Public Radio. If you want to record a podcast of your own, get yourself broadcast out on the network, head over to the Hacker Public Radio website, maybe go through the list of subjects that there's some demand for, and record something. One of those subjects on the Hacker Public Radio website, for which there's some demand, is music theory. Now, it's quite a difficult subject to tackle, so what I thought I'd do was teach anyone who doesn't know how to read music in the space of one podcast. Well, kind of, nearly. Back in the day, when I was but a slip of a lad, I spent, I think it must have been, ooh, ten years or so teaching music. And my claim to fame, if I ever had one, was that I would be able to teach anyone how to read music in half an hour. Now, there was obviously a good degree of hyperbole about that claim, and there still is, and it's a whole lot more challenging, of course, to teach anyone to read music in half an hour on a podcast because it's uh, entirely an audio medium. So I am going to cheat. There are show notes which you can get for this podcast, and it's quite a good idea to have those show notes in front of you It's not absolutely necessary. I'll do my best to describe what's going on on the printed page. Having it in front of you in some form or another, either on a piece of paper, printout, or on a tablet's really good, and you need to take that with you. Take it with you, I hear you cry. Where are we going? Well, we're actually going on a walk. Um, You need to go outside. You need to find a street or a path, um, somewhere where you can walk without any hindrance, without bumping into people, or weaving round things, or coming to a crossing point, you need a fairly unencumbered stretch of walk. It needs to be fairly flat, uh, because you need to keep uh, the rhythm of your steps going in a fairly regular manner. And the reason why that's important is because, as humans, we spend a lot of time walking, and that actually sets up a really nice pulse or rhythm, which, of course, is one of the building blocks of music. There are largely two building blocks of music, pulse or rhythm, and pitch. Today, we're going to be largely talking about rhythm, which is, in my opinion, by far the most important aspect of any piece of music. And I'll come to why that might be, maybe at the end of this episode if there's time, or certainly in a later episode if there isn't. So, we're out there now. We're walking, we've got our piece of paper in front of us, and we're just going to start walking along. And we're going to count to four as we go. One, two, three, four. Left, right, left, right. I'm sorry if the speed at which I've set this up is either too quick or too slow for you. Obviously, take your own speed, take your own time, but count to four as you go along. One, two, three, four. One, two, 
three, four. Now, the reason why I'm saying four um, is because it's really a very common timing in music. A lot of music can be divided into fours really easily. Uh, and in fact, in musical terminology, we call it common time, or often denoted with a, a C. If you look at your handout, what you'll see is on the first line of music, which is the stave, which is five parallel lines, very close together, that stretch across the page. At the beginning of that, there's a thing called a clef. The clef actually is uh, related very much to pitch and the pitch of the notes that you'll hear. So we're kind of going to ignore it. Uh, for now, it's at the beginning of every line of music, and there are various different shapes. The one that's on your handout is called the treble clef, or sometimes the G clef, and it's actually a, uh, a curly letter G at the beginning of each line. That's followed by C, and of course C stands for common time, four. Um, so what we're doing here is dividing all our music into measures, or bars, and each bar or measure has four things in it, in this case four paces, one, two, three, four. Left, right, left, right. Okay, so on line one, we've got four dots in each measure, as you can see. And to make them more legible, there's a little line coming from each black dot in the... I've just picked the top gap of this particular stave and just put a dot in there. And each dot has a line coming down from it, so it makes it easier to see. And so we are going to count off now one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay, so let's hear that now as a snippet of the world's dullest music coming up. And now as we go along, what I'd like you to do is just clap your hands or click your fingers if you're in a public place and don't want to appear like a complete lunatic. Uh, it's just clap on every footstep. So we're going to go one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Simple, isn't it? Okay, now, just keeping that rhythm going, and I'm going to try and keep the rhythm going here as well so that you guys don't fall over um, as you're trying to stay in step with what I'm saying. What we're going to do is we're going to clap in between each footstep and on each footstep, and we're going to use the word and to pace ourselves. So we're going to go three, four, one and two and three and four and 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 okay now if you look at your handout which is in your page in front of you hopefully you what you've got now is eight notes in each measure or bar and in fact we call them eighth notes or quavers in some cases and what you've just clapped out is that rhythm one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and, and just to refresh our memory, not that we need it refreshing, let's go back and just do each step with a clap. So, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay, should we go back to the ands? One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. And now, if you look at your handout, you can see that on lines two and three, we've got essentially what's exactly the same thing, but there is some difference in 
the way that the music is represented. On line two, we've got eighth notes, or quavers, written out individually. And that's, uh, for those of you who haven't got the handout, that's a black dot in the top line of the stave, uh, and then a line coming off it, and then a little tail on it. And that says it's not a quarter note, it's an eighth note. It's got a tail. In line three, what we've done is we've done exactly the same thing. There are eight notes in each measure, or bar, and we've paired them together, um, or actually put them into blocks of four, and connected them with a thick black line. And this is just a legibility um, exercise. So you can group your eighth notes, or quavers, in groups of two, or four, or you can use them with tails, or um, mix and match them. If you look at the last bar, for instance, of line three of the handout, you've got a quaver with a tail and then three joined together and then two with tails and two joined together. doesn't really make any difference. The rhythm that we're clapping or playing is exactly the same. Line two and line three go like three, four, one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and it's all exactly the same now if we go back we can remind ourselves of quarter notes or crotchets so one two three four it's quite easy and then the quavers or the eighth notes are one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and okay simple really now we can mix and match those um, in line four of our handout, I've got a, um, let's have a look, we've got a crotchet on the first beat, or quarter note, and then two quavers, followed by two more quavers, followed by another crotchet. So uh, in imperial, if you like, that is um, a quarter note, four eighth notes, and a quarter note. Um, so let's beat that out. It's very simple. One, two, and three, and four. 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 And there's variations on that, of course. As long as you keep your walking going, you never lose that pulse. And, of course, if you did lose that pulse, you'd fall over and look pretty daft. So uh, let's keep that walking going and tap out some more rhythms just using simple crotchets and quavers or quarter notes and eighth notes. Line five, we've got one and two, three and four. 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 Line six, three, four. One, two and three, four and one, two and three, four and one, two and three, four and one two and three four and simple isn't it line seven i've gone back just to get you back into those quarter notes or crotchets again just to remind you keeping that pulse going we go one two three four one two three four now let's imagine you're a woodwind player so you're playing flute clarinet something like that trumpet even a uh, brass player if you play uh, constantly you're going to fall over and uh, asphyxiate because you never take a breath and in fact taking a breath or resting is a very important part of music and we use a squiggle um, or various types of squiggles uh, in each place 
in music where a rest takes place. If you look at line 8, I'll try and describe it to you, there are two quarter notes followed by a thick black squiggle, and then another quarter note in a bar or measure. So, in fact, now what we have is, if I count you in, three, four, we have one, two, rest, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, rest, four. One, two, so you can either whisper the number that you're missing or say the word rest and we can really mix and match those um, in fact what I'm going to do now is I'm going to throw a couple of things at you I'm going to change from four beats in a bar to three beats in a bar so keep walking but now we're going to count in three so we're going to go one two three one two three one two three one two Three. Okay, so keeping that going, three time, or three four time as it's sometimes called, is also waltz time. And in fact, any of you who've cut some rug on the dance floor will probably, I mean, old, old style dancing, obviously. Um, but the waltz time is three beats in a bar. And it's very familiar, I think, to all of us, really. If you think about the Blue Danube and all the famous waltzes. So one, two, three. One, two, three. Three and of course you can you know keep uh, playing out or clapping out your eighth notes or quavers. So you would be going one and two and three and one and two and three and that kind of thing. So I'm going to keep the pulse going uh, in the background as I'm keeping chatting with you, and we're just going to do three in a bar. Um, if you look at line nine, what I've got is uh, two rests and two quavers. Um, and then uh, three crotchets or three quarter notes and then a new type of note which is if you like a kind of hollow black uh, note with its tail going down and essentially this is a note that uh, lasts for two beats um, and probably the best way to uh, approach this one is just to do it three or four times okay so I'm going to count you in three beats one two three rest rest Three and one, two, three, one, two, three and one, two, three, one, two, three again. One, two, three and one, two, three, one, two, three and one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. So I've thrown a couple of things at you here. First of all, we're now doing three beats in a bar. And we're using rests, we're mixing up quarter notes and eighth notes, or crotchets and quavers, and we've also got this new note, which is a hollow one, which actually lasts two beats, and obviously clapping that is going to be really difficult, in fact it's more or less identical when we clap um, this new note, which is called a half note, or a minim, um, it's going to be undistinguishable from a single note followed by a rest because obviously claps only last a tiny point in time and this note lasts for two beats so just going through nine again uh, this is line nine in the handout i'll count you in one two three so it's one two three and one two three one two three and one two three one two three okay Let's take a pause here. Um, you can draw breath, come to a halt, um, and let's uh, just have a quick chat about these two elements of music that I mentioned to you a while ago. The first one is pitch, and the second one 
is rhythm. Of these two, it's my opinion that rhythm is the most important. And in fact, if you um, get someone who shares a musical heritage with you, um, in that you share popular tunes, and if you tap out the rhythm of a tune that you would both know, the chances are that person will be able to guess it. However, if you sing um, or play a popular tune but mess the rhythm up, then they will be unlikely to uh, be able to discern what that tune is. I guarantee you. And in fact, what I'm going to do now is play you um, a well-known tune, um, and I wonder if you can guess what it is. And now I'm going to tap out the rhythm of that tune and see if you can work out what it is. Not wildly difficult. Let's talk about the notation of that. And for this, we're going to have to start walking again. So my rhythm is going to be one, two, three. Maybe a bit quick. Let's slow down a bit. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay, so let's keep that going. I've got a new mnemonic for you. Uh, mnemonic being memory aid. So far we've used uh, a number and the word and. Now we're going to do, in the Annie Hall style, we're going to do la di -dars. Count you in with three. One, two, three. la di da la di da la di da La di da. Simple. Okay. A la di da, if you look at line 10 of your handout, a la di da is a dotted quaver followed by a semiquaver, or in imperial, a dotted eighth notes followed by a sixteenth note um, gathered together and connected with a thick bar. Um, but la-di-da is a much nicer way of looking at it. And a la-di-da is actually spread over two beats or steps. Um, la-di falls on one step and da falls on the next step. So, for instance, um, in our uh, handout, in line 10, we have, if we count one, two, three, remember we're counting three in each measure or bar at the moment. So if we go one, Two, la di da. Two, three, one, two, la di da. Two, three, one, two, three. Okay, so you can see where we're going with this um, onto this well-known tune. Um, I'll count it out again for you, and perhaps you can sing along, um, put your shoulders back, express your musical genius unto a grateful world. Let's go. One, two, la di da. Two, three, one, two, la di da. Two, three, one, two, three. You can come to a nice halt here. Get your breath back. All that clapping, bit of singing, a uh, bit of patriotism, maybe. Um, what we're going to do now is bring into our handout our first mention ever of pitch, um, and you can see it's really very simple. The lower down on the stave, remember the stave is those uh, five, that grouping of five lines. The lower down on the stave 
um, a dot or hollow dot is, the lower the note and the higher up the stave, the higher the note. It's simple. So, therefore, you can easily read the rhythm here and you can kind of follow the pitch as we go along. If you look at line 11, you can hear, stand up everybody. Okay, that's about all from me today. It's taken us certainly less than half an hour, I think, to get to this point. I've got 20-odd minutes, I think, on my timer here. We haven't quite learnt to read music, but certainly we've learnt to read some of the uh, most important aspect of music, again, in my opinion, which is rhythm. Um, and we've also begun to explore pitch. Um, we can now make sense of things like uh, rests, um, we can see what looks furiously complicated, uh, which is the uh, dotted eighth note followed by the sixteenth note, um, dotted quaver followed by semiquaver, um, which is a lardy da or a lardy of the lardy da. We've seen rests, we've seen quavers or eighth notes, uh, the notes with little tails. We've seen those eighth notes or quavers barred together uh, with a thick black line. And we've also seen minims or half notes, which are two beats or steps long. And those are the hollow ones with no tail and just a line. And we've also seen um, a couple of things as well. You've probably stopped seeing, as it were, now. Let's just go back and cover those. We've seen the C for common time at the beginning of each line or at the beginning of a piece of music. And we've also seen the clef. Remember, that's to do with pitch, and that's the very first thing on each line. The one I've used in the handout is a G clef, or a treble clef. Um, what else? Oh yeah, we've seen the, uh, the final measure of a piece of music. On each line, we've got a single uh, bar ending, or measure ending, followed by a thick black line. So there's all sorts of information in there that actually you've picked up, and the way that you did it was by walking. And without getting too philosophical about it, of course, walking is very much a, a primal thing that humans do. And we have this inherent, this innate sense of rhythm and pulse. And it comes from walking. And in fact, there are whole cultures out there which are based on the nomadic lifestyle. Uh, the Aborigines of Australia, for instance, um, you know, consider walking and travelling across the land to be a, um, a holy act as of itself. Um, and if you're into in exploring that kind of thing, I would recommend um, Bruce Chatwin's The Song Lines as a really good read um, and his exposition of the theory that, in fact, the natural state of a human being is to be nomadic, is to be walking. Um, and it's so integral to the way that we think, the way that we move, that music and rhythm in music becomes a whole lot easier if you base it on this idea of pulse, of steps, of walking, just keeping it going. And of course the whole thing is that as you read music, you can't stop, you can't pause, because if you do, you'll fall over, if you see what I mean, if you translate music into walking. Anyway, that's enough for now. In a later episode, we'll consider pitch in music, uh, maybe bring in some more complex rhythms. Triplets are good fun. They're pellets, by the way. Anyway, we'll come to all that. If you have enjoyed this podcast or maybe thought to yourself, I could do a lot better job than Anistello, please do go to Hacker Public Radio, sign up, send in your recording, 
get yourself broadcast. Anyway, that's all for today. Many thanks for listening. This is Enestello on Hacker Public Radio. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.